We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Anderson and Josh Bo coming to you on apparently Wednesday night. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what day it is anymore, man. It's about nine o'clock. The Mavericks just got the shit kicked out of them by the New York Knicks. Uh, they played on the road that uh, halted their really nice six game win streak in brutal fashion. And um, yeah, they lost 108 to 85. How are you, Josh? Uh, I'm doing okay. About as okay as you can do on a night like tonight, but um, I don't know. I feel like when you've won six in a row and they were all by, you know, almost, you know, you're winning them by like 16 points a game and two of them are the Warriors and the Bulls. I mean, they were kind of due for a clunker, right? Like, I, I don't know how mad we want to get. It just, it just feels like this was like <laughs> every good team that goes on a winning run does this like the bulls had just won like what i don't know they were on a streak when they came into dallas yeah uh, yeah right no no so, teams and, are allowed to be garbage <laughs> like they I guess are. the thing that and, sucks is that since they started the season so slowly the difference between the bulls being garbage for one night is they're still the first or second seed in the east mm-hmm. uh and the mavs are trying to avoid uh being you know below this the fifth seed which could be dicey if they're six through eight or whatever so yeah uh that's probably the main difference i mean i put and i admitted to this i put more value on win streaks than is probably reasonable but i put value on win streaks because the mavericks haven't fucking had any i mean six games is their biggest win streak since 2011 that is roughly eight hundred basketball games in the regular season and they've they've won six in a row i want to say it was five times since then they've never won seven in a row and part of that is because the team wasn't as good you get that like they're no longer a top of the tier type type team but it's just it's where i was with it so i am okay with this loss i am very frustrated by what led to this loss 
And I don't even know where to begin because it's the sort of loss where if you go through the starting lineup and you go through um, how they played, it is a systematic top to bottom bed shitting loss. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) every single player played bad. Yeah. No one played well. Uh, It looked like one of the games from November, you know, October, November where all the role players missed all their shots and Luca made good passes, but the role players missed shots. And then Luca was kind of like, okay, fuck it, I guess. And, and then he looked kind of crappy. Um, you know, the only player who looked okay at times was Brunson. Um, but he didn't really shoot. You know, he, had, he only had 12 shots. It feels like he probably should have had more considering what everyone else was doing. But the Knicks also But he was are negative a, 19. Yeah, so... the Knicks are a big physical team too, so that helps. I mean, it hurts. So... I caught, you know, these 6.30 games are rough for me because I put my kid to bed. So I usually watch the first quarter, miss the second quarter, and get back in time for the rest of the game. And the first quarter was brutal. My son was watching with me, and he is five. And I promise you, I don't teach him this stuff. But he is like, what is wrong with them? Why are they doing this? And about, like, every Mavericks play. And it was real bad whenever Dwight Powell fumbled the opening oop to him and then Maxi Kleba fumbled a pass which it was I mean it was just a gorgeous pass hit him in the hands in the corner and he drops it out of bounds I had a feeling at that point this game was over um and then you know it's sort of indicative of the Mavericks role players who you know Dorian shot two of eight oh for four from three Kleba was three of eight from three which is actually fine but the kind of shots he missed were just backbreaking the the Knicks weren't guarding him so he was three of eight on open shots and then uh who was it um Robinson basically was in his head because Robinson's such a long tall dude that whenever he would kind of be in the airspace Maxie just missed the shot and offensively things went to hell in a handbasket and really having 108 points scored on you by the Knicks is really the problem like sometimes shots just aren't going to fall like the Mavericks were eight of 37 they missed a lot of open, open, ungodly open looks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys hit open shots. Oh my God. But the defense is, is really where I think people should be. If there's a concern to take away from this game, it's that like their quote star Julius Randall was six of 17 and they beat the Mavericks by 23 points. Yeah, not good. Uh, RJ Barrett had 32 points. He hit a lot of really tough shots, but. He kind of he took advantage he of size mismatches. Yes, he did. He did. He um he kind of showed why, you know, you know, Dorian and Reggie Bullock feel like the only wings with significant size. And I know mm. people want to throw Maxi in there, and it's like, no, you know, he's not a wing. It's nice that he can do it, but that's not what you count on him for. And when nope. those are like your only two defensive oriented wing players you know it's just tough because Bullock was bad you know he was one of four and scored three points in 19 minutes Dorian was bad too and it's like well where do you go like Luca is not the guy that's going to shut someone down and then after that it's Maxi and it's like well you don't want Maxi guarding um you know perimeter guys when a team has Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle in the front court and then you go to the bench and it's like all right well Sterling Brown, you know, Tim Hardy Jr. is not going to, you know, he's he's too small. Brown is a little bit too small. Like, it, it just kind of shows that their wing depth, when Bullock and Finney Smith don't have it, um, it makes it really challenging for this team to guard big physical wings. Yeah, 
and the best players in the league and in the playoffs are big physical wings. Um, that's just something to think about. There's not, I mean, Jokic is kind of one and Embiid are, are outlier examples just because there aren't many dominant bigs anymore. But that's the sort of thing that I, that that should be concerning. Again, it's not the end of the world. Like you said, they're allowed, you know, you're never going to play unbelievable basketball night in and night out. Now, where I don't know what to do or really where, how concerned I ought to be is like it was another Luka Doncic Terrible shooting performance. Terrible. I mean, eight of twenty-three is bad. But I, I, there were there was a there was a series in the fourth quarter when the Mavericks were within fourteen, and he was making he made two unbelievable drive and dishes, one to Maxi, one to Brunson, and there was no one within twenty feet of either one of those guys, and then they missed both threes, and then Luca came down and took a shitty step back. My gut tells me. He, or, you know, my, my basketball brain is sitting here telling me he needs to be more mature and not take that shot and run the offense. The passion in me and like the guy who watches this game is thinking, okay, these fuckers can't hit shots. So of course he's going to take the bad one. What do you right. think? Where am I on this? No, nah, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. I mean, it was, cl- I mean, I mean, I don't want to say clear when we're, we're trying to read body sure. languages while watching a broadcast. Um, but I mean, it just felt like, you know, he came out with a little pep in his step. And as the game kept going and guys kept missing shots, I mean, he, the more his teammates kept missing shots, the more sluggish he looked on both ends of the floor. And, you know, you want to say, you know, I'm getting a bunch of, you know, I kind of pointed that out on Twitter. I'm getting a bunch of people that are like, well, he needs to be more mature. You know, he's the leader of the team. He can't keep looking like this when things aren't going their way. Like he needs to be better than that. And like, yeah, I agree. But he's also, you know, he's still 22. Right. Uh, and I don't know how long that excuse, you know, you use that excuse for, but I mean, it's just the way it is, maybe. I mean, it's just, right. we've always been saying the last step for him is maturity in both his, mentally and physically, right? Like, he just, that's the next rung uh, on the ladder he has to climb. And it's obvious, you know, he hasn't done it yet this season. And I'm not saying it's like, I don't know, it just feels weird to be, you know, we already expect so much from Doncic. Uh, and I mean, he's going to get paid like it starting next season. So maybe that's when, you know, you get a little, uh, you know, you get a little harsher with some of his uh, body language issues, uh, I guess I would call it. Uh, but right now it's just tough because like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, no one else was doing anything. Um, I mean, I don't think even if Luca was like, if Luca was better, I mean, if and he wasn't like looking sluggish and he wasn't, looking disinterested after his teammates were missing shots or looking dejected. Like, I don't even know if they win the game. He's still, cause I mean, his teammates were just that bad uh, tonight. Uh, but man, he was shooting 38.4% in the month of January entering this game. And he shot 34.8% tonight. So that number is going down again. Um, he has not looked good with his shot since he came back from the COVID layoff. Uh, he's shooting, uh, you know, 26% from three, uh, his passing has been pretty good. You know, he's had some turn high turnover games, but I mean, he's been, I mean, I feel like his passing has been kind of the saving grace and, and he's been rebounding well, but yeah, I mean, he's been missing layups. He's been passing up layups. He just, the his scoring just looks really off in a way that it didn't, it hasn't looked before. Like, I mean, you know, his rookie seat, maybe his rookie season, but uh, it's just the last two seasons, he was just so, he was so damn efficient at getting to where he wanted to go uh, and scoring where he wanted. Now it's just like, man, he just, 
he doesn't look comfortable on any part in any part of the floor right now when it comes to scoring the basketball. And that's nope. that's a little concerning. Um, well, I mean, it all comes back to his 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 fitness. I, I, people hate it when we talk about this, but I'm just like, I'm sorry. It matters. It's game 41. COVID long off season or short off season. There's just a lot that plays into it. And the human body, he he's he he is blessed with such unbelievable basketball gifts. And he's gonna have to figure this out. Maybe this will be the year. Maybe this will be the year where it occurs to him and he gets like a true long off season where he can rest and then get himself together. And then he comes back next year fighting. Now, what'll likely happen is over the next 40 games, he's gonna get his shit together, and by playoffs time, he's gonna be fine. But he is just he's too he's too gifted mentally of a player. Like he, he's just got it like for him to take the next step, this is where it lies. Yeah, for sure. And it's really bizarre that they've been able to win these games. I mean, they won five in a row with him shooting 38% from the floor, basically. Um, you wonder how long that can continue. Mm-hmm. They were due for a bad game defensively from three. I mean, the, if you've been looking at their win streak or the last, you know, 10 games they've played, opponents have been shooting like, like really, like not just like, you know, that three-point shot variance is a real thing. I mean, you've talked about it before and you've had people on this podcast that you've talked about mm-hmm. it before, that three-point shot defense is really more fluky than you than you probably want to admit because uh, you want to assume that you can kind of control your own destiny on the defensive end. But with three-point shooting, it's really weird. And they were probably due for a team to do what the Knicks did tonight. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It just, you know, it's one of those games where it was ugly from basically the opening tip. Uh, and you don't want to see, you know, there's a, you know, you don't, you know, the win streak's going to end to have it end in a, in a game that's as uncompetitive as this one is really, it's really disappointing. I understand why people are frustrated. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, one game doesn't erase the previous six. And the thing that we need to watch for is their very next game is at Memphis against the Memphis team that is absolutely uh, running through the league right now. That's going to be like a, a 21 and four run. They are here. It is crazy how well they're playing. And I mean, they're seven games up on the Mavericks and in, in, yeah. in the, in the win loss column. And, and before that run started, they were about right next to each other in the standings. Uh, so it was pretty <laughs> crazy. Uh, so this is, this is the, uh, I think that game's going to be the test. Like if they can come out and be competitive, win, or just, you know, do a litany of, of things different from this game. I think we can kind of flush this bad Knicks game and, and just move on. It, you know, if they kind of come out and they look similarly to the, you know, against Memphis, that'll be concerning. And that's when you start going, okay, wait, what's going on? Like, uh, you know, what's changing? And, and But until then, you know, you just got to hope that this is a blip on the radar of them turning their season around, but we won't really know until Friday night. Uh, I guess another thing about tonight's game that I noticed is this was a game where you really felt – Kristaps uh, Porzingis' absence as a mm. spacer. I'm glad you said uh, that. Yeah, you, you said it earlier. Like they were not guarding Maxi ever, uh, and you know that they would have guarded KP, even though KP's shooting under 30 percent from three. Like yep. you just know it'd just be different with KP on the floor in terms of the spacing. 
Well, I mean, I waffle on this because so many people are just like, can we move on with KP? Can we can we just trade him? You know, he's he's looking fine right now. Let's let's figure out a way. And I I just come back to something Xavier said in the preseason where he's just like, the Mavs are gonna go as far as KP can help get them. And you know, they played pretty well without him, but there's just a he just raises the ceiling. I know he doesn't really do much to the floor because when he's bad, it's sometimes like, well, okay, he's you know, it's it is what it is. His stat lines like sometimes you just don't notice some of his piss poor performances. And I think with how how mediocre he has played at points this year, there's still a lot of growth for him because he's he's simply a better shooter than he's shown. And that if that even reverts to the mean a little bit over the next 40 games, then the Mavericks are going to win a lot of basketball games. I I get they're just hard, they're just a hard watch sometimes on offense without him. I mean, I know they've won six in a row and he wasn't in like four of the games, but it's just we just have a lot of evidence that the offense clicks really well when he and Luca are in the game. The problem is the defense sucks. And we also have a lot of evidence of that. So. Yeah, that's the next text. The next test. Uh, the data is not good with Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., and KP on the floor. Mm-hmm. A lot of those minutes were, of course, before the team turned things around. So we'll have to see. And again, that's not like an indictment on KP. It's no. more how the other two play. Right. Uh, and KP can't clean up all the mistakes. So um, there's that. We need to see how Luke and KP play offensively. Um, I'm, you know, I asked some of asked some of your basketball writer friends about the post-ups and there's been obviously there's been less post-ups since KP has been out and I feel like maybe that's helped contribute to some of the Mavericks offensive turnaround obviously uh that narrative did not happen did not carry through tonight uh but I'm very curious because we saw when Luca and KP were on the floor KP spacing is great and then we get those four or five possessions where KP is posting up in the middle of a Luca drive and I wonder when KP comes back, if those two can just be on the same page and make sure that those weird, funky possessions uh, don't happen, because that is a concern uh, if he comes back and the offense maybe dips more than you would want it to, because KP's still trying to do kind of hit, because it feels like sometimes they're both trying to do their own things at the same mm-hmm. time while they're both on the floor, and they got to figure that out. It's not just KP, it's Luca too. Like they got to. I got to make sure that stuff is cleaned up when KP comes back. Well, this is a side note, but it's it's relative. So the Mavericks are now 1 in 9 on ESPN, ABC or TNT games. And that's really wild. They have 19 losses. So half of their losses roughly have been on national television. And this doesn't matter for what we're talking about tonight, but in the long term the Mavericks like national viability, like they need to not look like crap because when they when they don't win any of these games, I think they're less likely to get put on next year. Um, it's something that like I, I want the Mavericks to be viable. I want them to be interesting. I want them to look good because like people watch these games, like and including like players and like the Mavericks just when you lose a game that's nationally televised like this, it's just it's in some of the ways they've lost. I bet they've lost these nationally televised games by a hilariously large margin. Cause we, I mean, we've, we've talked about this and, and I don't know, it, it's a small thing. It's just something that sort of eats at me. Cause I would like for them to be better. Yeah. It's well, definitely like a mental thing. Like <laughs> it's not fun to watch your team lose a game that everyone on your timeline is watching and mm. everyone on your timeline is like, 
what the like what the hell is wrong with this Mavs team like the people you know your friends that aren't Mavs fans they're all watching this game too and so it's like you're getting dunked on twice like the game sucks and then all seeing everyone react to it when they normally wouldn't be watching a Mavs game also it's like double sucks yeah yeah well is there anything else you want to hit on um before we get out of here man no I think I'm all right just like I said, uh, you know, Friday will be the tell if this is if this game is a precursor for uh, a poor stretch or just a blip on the radar. So we'll see Friday night against Memphis. That'll that'll be a well, good measuring stick game for them. I got uh, I got one more thing I just wanted to touch on. Um, so if anybody missed it, there's a Sean Bradley story that came out on the crossover. For anybody that doesn't know or doesn't remember. Um, Sean Bradley was involved in a, it, like, it's getting coined a bike crash, but a fucking car hit him. Hit a, a seven foot six man on a bike. A car hit him and he is now paralyzed. He will never walk again. And it's an upsetting story. It's a sad story because Sean Bradley is a good person, like a really good dude. And, you know, one of our, our co editor, Doyle, like, one of his like lifelong passions is getting people to like, understand like public safety and public transit and that sort of thing and ah it just it sucks it made me sad i you know i i recommend going to read it just because you know i know she, people shouldn't get online to be sad we got enough stuff to be sad about but like bradley was a good dude who took a lot of grief as a Mavs player and was a pretty good player for for you know he never lived up to expectations but most people don't live up to nba expectations and it's he was way better than the jokes that got made about him absolutely absolutely and he you know he spent his post-life uh playing career i want to say he helped run a school and he's just like he's a really fascinating person and it's such a it's such a tragic thing you know it's like he it says here in the story he wakes every three hours to avoid bed sores a caregiver cleans him and moves him with a small crane and he's just in pain all the time and it's i don't know i i hate to end you know we are already ending on a crappy note but it's one of those things that i you know, it's I wanted people to know about it because it's not it's not talked about enough because it's no, it's just no. it's so unspeakably tragic. Yeah. And it, I guess if there's a light, you know, there's some good moments in that story where he get you know, he's meeting up with Finley and meeting up with Dirk, who he put, you know, he played a considerable chunk of his career with with those guys. Uh, and it's nice to know that, you know, those guys still care about him. Uh, and, and, you know, that that was kind of like the nice takeaway mm-hmm. from that story for me was uh you know how much he still has support in his life and how much people still care about him. yep all right sorry to end on a bummer note but i wanted you guys to talk about it or i wanted you guys to know about it because it's something that's has sort of like gone through like over the national radar but uh this has been kirk henderson and josh bow we'll be back late friday night with the first of a double header because i want to say they who do they play they play memphis and then they play uh, Orlando the next day. So that's an interesting back-to-back. Both those games delayed. Shit. Our weekend <laughs> is going to suck. Oh, well. Um, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for hanging out. Remember to like and subscribe and let us know what you think. And we will talk to you guys on Friday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.